You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello again, Ethan Bolton. Hello. I just... I just gave you were up. a little. Uh, I gave up. Was that I, British, Australian? Yeah, it was British. It was British. I'm just gonna just gonna bypass it. I'm just gonna <laughs> bypass the the Irish right away because that's what that's what we did in Britain. We said <laughs> forget we... you, you're us. We own you. And then we had a civil war with him, and they didn't like it very much. And it was very <laughs> weird. Speaking of, we didn't plan this at all. There's a there's a <laughs> film that I saw when I was in college before I like really paid attention to movies called The Wind That Shakes the Barley, and um, it's. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it kind of deals with some of this tension that they they experienced. And it stars Killian Murphy, ah. gem that he is. And yes. it won like real awards, like festival awards. And I only learned that like this year. I'm like, oh wow. It felt it felt um, rewarding to be like, oh, I liked it before I knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was very valid. I was cultured before I was even aware of it. <laughs> you really laid open the obvious vanity of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So oh, go go watch that film. Go watch it and all that fun mm. stuff. Which, yes. speaking of, yeah, the Irish, British. Tomorrow is Saint Patrick's Day. Eat your butter, lucky charms. Wow. <laughs> We just lost all of our I listeners know. in Ireland. I know. <laughs> Ireland, I'm here for you. I'm what here is for wrong you. with you? I really want to visit Ireland one day. Yeah, neither here nor there. Yes. And I also do like Lucky Charms. I mean, I no. love. Not your favorite? No. Is it? Is it the marshmallows or is it the cereal itself? Yes. <laughs> to both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I respect that. I can understand okay. that. No, again, we're off tangent here. I'm definitely getting back into peanut butter crunch. Peanut because, butter crunch. What does yeah. that even mean? It's Captain Crunch, but it's it's peanut butter crunch. That's what it is. Never had Crunch brand cereals either. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have Captain Crunch? No. Uh, I mean, like, I've had it, like, at a thing. You know, maybe, like, at a, a retreat. You know what I mean? Or, like, at school, maybe, when you get those crappy little containers. But I'm, we, we were never a household of Captain Crunch or Lucky Charms. We, we uh, I, well, I say we, like, it was a communal decision of the family. No, I went in for, like, the monster themes. Yes, so like Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Blueberry, Frankenberry. Yeah, that stuff was Frankenberry is mostly because mm. the branding. I didn't really care about the cereal. I'm like, it has Dracula. On it. <laughs> Mom, look, it's Dracula. <laughs> like, look away, Ethan. Loving all of the macabre. I'm like, it's macabre cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, well, mm. peanut butter crunch is just Reese's Puffs, basically minus the chocolate bits. And oh, that's I love good, it. That's a good move. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. Anyway, St. Patrick's Day. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. <laughs> It's tomorrow. Yes. And, uh, you know, here's the thing about St. Patrick's Day. Tell me about it. I find it unfortunate. Not the day itself. I enjoy the day. Okay. In fact, my sister Jenna was born on St. Patrick's Day. It's her birthday. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. No, what I, what I find unfortunate, and to put it mildly at that, is that most people seem to associate St. Patty's Day with drunken carousing and in debauchery, or perhaps getting pinched if you're not wearing anything green? Which, where the heck did that tradition come from? I don't know. And were leprechauns involved? I'm not sure. Yes. That is unfortunate to me because St. Patrick's Day is really a day to commemorate a most beautiful story, uh, dare I say, a story more beautiful than any pot of gold you might find at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> wink, wink. That was that was See? the most family-friendly introduction we have ever done. <laughs> I am almost uncomfortable. <laughs> I might pinch you for that. <laughs> you better not. Not St. Patrick's Day. I'm not wearing any green because of that. Uh, I have a green sweater for just just that occasion. Mm, I'm just, just going to stay. You know what my loophole was? What? Uh, 
Green eyes. Green eyes. Well, you lucky son of a gun. Yeah. Which no one really bought that, but I, you know, in middle school you can, or not even then, not middle school, it just, you'll just get beat up. Uh, <laughs> but in elementary school, you could probably, you know, like intimidate someone enough for them to buy it. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, I have green eyes. I'll put you right back. back. <laughs> <That's> you <know? laughs> then I just get annoyed because, like, yeah. full grown adults yeah. are coming to be like, you're not wearing any green. I'm like, I'm 26. You're not years wearing old. any coos. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, St. Patrick's Day. Here's the thing. Yeah. The man we know as St. Patrick, I'm going to tell you about him. Please. That's it. I want to tell you about him because I think (laughs) think his story is worth knowing, especially as Christians, like, and people in the church who, uh, you know, I mean, I observe St. Patrick. I observe it. I like, you said that's very solemn. I observe it. (laughs) Like, I mean, I enjoy shamrock shakes, you know, like, I I observe it by drinking a shamrock. Me too. I love shamrock shakes. I love a shamrock shake. I'm probably going to leave and get one now after we're done recording. Because it's in my, now I've got it (laughs) on the mind. But I I just, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about who he was and lots of myth and legend around him. A lot of commercialism, really. A lot of commercialism. So, you know, as Christians, church, this is originally a church high holy day, you know, church holy day, Ah. church calendar. I just want to talk about him. Of course you would like it. Yeah. Oh, the church calendar. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking. I am imitating. You don't sound like that. I've we never talked like you. that at all. Thank you. I receive that gladly. So here's the thing. St. Patrick was most likely born toward the end of the 4th century. Mm. Which means he was, he's yeah, was pretty old. You know, in late 300s there. He was born into a Christian household in... Wait a minute. What? Mm-hmm. He was born in Britain? Oh, oh I got, I'm a prophet! Britain! I started this with Britain. Yes! Uh, he was born in Britain. I'm gonna pretend like I did that on purpose. <laughs> He's not even Irish. That's He's a, not even Irish. I'm actually, a, that's, I, <clears throat> I'm unhappy. Because <laughs> I feel like we're now missing opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, this could be its own tea and crumpets holiday. <laughs> And then Ireland can get their own holiday. An independent holiday. See, see I'm seeding in the independence I, I do. language. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. St. Patrick isn't actually Irish. And uh, that begs the question, how in the world did he become the patron saint of Ireland? That truly begs the question. Yes. How? Well, we're getting to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's the other thing, okay? There's lots of legend and myth surrounding St. Mm. Patrick. Probably because we don't actually know a terribly great deal about him, okay. historically speaking. But we do know that he was something of a wild child. Oh. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, wild, apparently. It was Britain kids. They're just, you know, they oh, weren't all tea and crumpets yeah, all the time. Yeah, you're taking it out know? on us, eh? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's not fair. Um, so he did not, in that spirit, take to his parents' faith. If I'm, <laughs> That's so ironic. Yeah. This is a good start. Yeah. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe his father was a deacon in the church and his grandfather was a parish priest. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, two generations, and he's just like, yeah, no, yeah, uh, I'm out. Sorry. So he's a wild child living his life in Britain, but at the age of probably 16 or so, Irish raiders come down upon upon the coast, and uh, they they kidnap him and they take him to. You guessed it, Ireland. Yeah, Uh, Irish raiders Mm. taking him to Ireland. Wow, who'd have thought of that? And they take him there and. He becomes the slave of a tribal chief slash druid. Are you sure this is of like Ireland, Scandinavia? But I mean, listen, the Irish were crazy. Here's okay. Sidebar, real quick. <laughs> Everyone thinks the Visigoths sacked Rome, and they were the first. The Celts sacked Rome first. What? They sacked Rome centuries before what? the Visigoths did. Yeah, yeah, they they sacked Rome, wow. and Rome recovered from it. I mean, it was fine, but the Celts did it first. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the Celts are crazy. The Irish oh, are crazy. Mm. Anyway, so. All that is to say, he became the slave of a tribal chief slash druid. And he was 
that man slave for six years. Six years. But during those six years, St. Patrick actually managed to do something pretty astonishing. Because you see, even at this time, Ireland, unlike Britain, was beyond the bounds of the Roman Empire. So Ireland was seen as a barbarous place by the Romanized people of Britain. They viewed it as kind of this uncivilized, uncouth, you know, like all those people with their weird stuff, you know? (laughs) Um, But after six years there, Patrick learned their language and really assimilated their culture which had not really ever been done by anyone outside of Ireland before. Yeah. I mean, that's no easy feat. Any any strong, if we're just talking about language, especially, right? Mm -hmm. Any strong dialect would be difficult to assimilate. But a strong one in particular, like Irish, or if you Mm -hmm. get to like the Celtic or Gaelic expressions, they're Mm -hmm. not even in English. Yeah. It's very beautiful, but it's very unintelligible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, at any rate, he's able to do this, and he escapes his captivity after those six years. Somehow he ends up getting away from the Druid guy and making his way back home to Britain. When you say Druid, actually, I, I no longer think of him as a Viking, but he's now like a wizard. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> this is like green Gandalf. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or like, like you know, Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> are those who call me Tim? Tim. Little Monty Python and Holy Grail reference for you there. So anyway, he comes back to Britain. And when he comes back, he's changed. You, I mean, obviously, you think slavery would change a man. One would think. Yes. But it's not just that he's become this hardened, calloused man, which is what you might expect after yeah. six years of slavery. You know, your years of prime and youth taken from you. Years of missing tea time. Yes. Unacceptable. <laughs> oh, golly. Which you think about the life expectancy of a man in his day and age mm-hmm. was not long. Um, yeah. I think it was like early 40s. If you live that long, it was like, woof, yeah, you've lived a good long life. You've lived long in the land. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Throw back to our... Uh, Last week. Yes. So that's like years of his prime gone, as far as he knows. That's Just very stolen. Sad. But he doesn't leave hardened, calloused, and bitter about it. Christ found him in those hard years of slavery. And when he came back, he studied for the vocational ministry and followed in his grandfather's footsteps and oh, became a parish priest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Preaching the free grace of Christ. And so he served in that parish for around 20 years till he was 48 Jeez. years old or so. He's, he's, he's ancient now. Yes, he is. He's now a druid. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it, that's it. Yes. So all this has happened. He's managed to make a life for himself as a parish priest back in Britain. And one night in a dream, someone calls out to him in an Irish tongue, we appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. What? What is going on? What is going on in the story right now? Yeah, crazy, right? So that happens, and insanely enough, he's like, "Oh yeah, okay." Oh yeah, shrugs. Yeah, yeah I should, I should probably, uh, should probably do that. Oh my word! And that's what he did because he realized I know their language and I know their culture. I can go preach the gospel. I can go six years without tea. Yeah, that's I it. can do it. I've done it before. I'll do it I've again. Done it before I'll do it again. Six years. He can do it. Yes. So he went back to the place where he'd been enslaved and preached the gospel of freedom to the people who enslaved him. For wow. freedom, Christ has set us free. And that's what he went and preached to these people. That was his theme. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Maybe don't quote me on that exactly. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that, you know, that was what he was dealing with there. So what he did was he took some men That's with him. That's very, I wonder, oh, I'm sorry to just cut you no, off. No, you're fine. 
I wonder, because I'm not a scholar or a historian, I wonder how this lines up with Ireland's struggle of freedom and and Britain's ownership of like, oh, we're Ireland, oh, we're Northern Ireland, or we're at war. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how this is overlaid or how it's echoed through time. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, because I know that the Romans hadn't colonized it at that point, so the Britons in there. Yeah, hadn't, this had to be yeah, so ages before. It had to be like the precursor. Yeah. Of this this freedom message, right? That was hmm. I should do some some research. Yeah, there we go. Something fun to read when you're at home. So he does that. He takes a group of men with him. They meet with the people. They share the gospel. When they have enough of a foothold, they plant a church there. Basically, he leaves a couple of the men behind. Takes new converts with him. I mean, yeah. he has this whole missionary He's, movement. It's the whole system. Yeah, he has a whole thing worked out. And through their efforts, the good news of Jesus spread abroad throughout basically all of Ireland. And just just to draw out this implication a little more, what I find and what many historians, theologians, and missionary studies find compelling about St. Patrick is that he did not seek to Romanize yeah. the Irish. That's, I mean, truly so key. Yeah, because like I said, he knew their language and culture and he spoke and moved in it like almost as if it was his own. Yeah. And that is so key because I think one scholar pointed this out quite brilliantly. He wrote, when people know that Christians understand them, they infer that maybe the high God understands them too, Mm. which I think is just so beautiful and so fitting. Now, just to be clear on this, that didn't mean Patrick changed the gospel and he didn't change the need for, you know, like corporate worship and prayer and the essential disciplines of the faith or anything like that. There's a a balance to walk. Right, exactly. In how you conduct that in a way that is like both respectful and truthful. Yes. But the key thing was, is like when he taught them to pray, like I'm sure he taught them the Lord's Prayer, he didn't say, all right, now we're going to say it in Latin. <laughs> right. He would have said, right. we're going to say this in your mm. language. Mm-hmm. It's going to come from your tongue. And I just couldn't imagine if I didn't have the Bible in English. Like there's just something about that, you know? Like I just take that for granted. But if I had yeah. to go back and read, like all I had was the Greek. I mean, I like the Greek, you know, Greek's fine. But you might be an exception to the rule. That's, yeah, that's like, but that's, I mean, that's literally, I mean, like yeah. 1% of the population would be able to read it. Yeah. Or if you think about the case where the mass in the Catholic church and the scriptures were all just in Latin and that was what they did. It's like, well, if you didn't know Latin, you didn't know what was going on. Exactly. And to be able to say something in your own word, like your own language. There's an ownership of it. Yes. And it's, ah, I just love that. And that's Absolutely. what St. Patrick did for the people of Ireland. Not not to nitpick. No. Right. His work and those very good points we just drew out that I'd like to echo and affirm. Mm-hmm. He could have done it with some flavor though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, did he wear green? I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually like to think that he played a like a you know a little little like a Pied Piper situation. I like to think that he did that. Drove all the snakes out. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's a different story, but I like to think that he had some sort of um, a calling card. But you know the I don't want to say if Catholic legend that's, that sounds so. <laughs> that's okay. The legends around St. Patrick where he drove all the snakes out of Ireland. Oh, that's the same thing. It's yeah. the same guy. Oh, okay. okay. I yeah. I wasn't willing to like own that. <laughs> Really quick, so I'm like, yeah, well, I know it's a different story, but that's nice. I'm going to pretend that that's totally, oh. totally historically. There were, there were never once was a snake ever seen again. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Thank you, St. Patrick, yes. bringer of the gospel. <laughs> but I do think that that, it is a healthy reminder for us on St. Patrick's Day that, you know what? Here's the thing. There's plenty of fun things to enjoy on St. Patrick's sure. Day. I'll drink a sam- shamrock shake. Nothing wrong with that. To the glory of God. I'm going to love that. I might, I'm probably going to drink a shamrock shake after we're done recording this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I think that's such a helpful reminder to us that, yes, the essential forms of the gospel and of the gospel proclamation don't change, but the language that we share them in and getting to know people in their culture and how they speak, that's one of the reasons 
I actually don't bash the message translation anymore. I know lots of uh, biblical scholars, and well, I was on it's, this. It's a fad. Yeah, to do so. Yeah, you know there are scholars who are like, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not. Here's the thing. It's not a great literal word for word translation. Mm. It's just. It's not. I. I do not use it for personal study right. or sermon preparation per se. But it does provide an access point to people in a language that is familiar to them that can get them into the gospel story. And I very much admire that. And especially when you think, here's the other thing about that. I'm, I'm really getting off on a tangent here. But when Eugene Peterson worked on the message, originally what he was doing was not writing a translation of the Bible that he wanted to publish and he not wanted millions of people. people. Exactly. He was writing it for people in his church. Yeah. Like he was meeting with people one-on-one and being like, you know, I know you're, the way you speak, like these idiosyncrasies and all these things. Let me try to translate the Bible in a way that you can hear it afresh. It's weirdly similar. Yeah. To yeah. what St. Patrick did. Yeah. And I, I do find that if you're going to go translate it to like change something and say like, well, I know what the Greek says and I'm going to change this word. And like <laughs> that's one thing. Yeah. But these guys were trying to be faithful to the text and they were proclaiming the gospel and especially St. Patrick. And I think it's a good reminder for us on St. Patrick's Day that uh, there is still good work like that to be done. Sure. And um, the legend has it he died on March 17th. And oh, that's, so, that's why we've chosen yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was the day that became his feast day in the 17th A century. feast day? Yeah, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, feast day. I don't think I do feast days. Yeah, I... I this is new. Not enough, I don't. But you know what? They're all over the church calendar. Feast days. Yeah, particularly like Roman Catholic. Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox, that kind of stuff. But yeah. pff, I'm about it. Eat food. I love food. I love shamrock shakes. I can't stop thinking about them now. Yeah. I want a shamrock oh, shake. That's going to be so good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Like, mm. It's so good. So, yeah, that's St. Patrick's Day. Good just, stuff. Just maybe just, you know, think about that just for a, a couple minutes when you're doing that. You know, I just I think that's helpful. I think mm-hmm. it's helpful. So, uh, there you have it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. If you have more to contribute, mm-hmm. you've got questions about good old St. Patrick. You can ask. Anything else? Yeah, you can ask. You, you can submit your questions by email at podcast at horizonschurch.net mm-hmm. or you can interact with us on social media. Yeah. And if you were helped, you know, you want to spread the St. Patrick's Day revelry yeah. and the celebrations, you can share it with a friend. Buy a shamrock shake. Yeah. Drink, you know, listen. And listen tr- while you drink a shamrock shake. Listen while you drink a shamrock shake. In fact, stop the podcast after I give you this directions. Um, go buy a shamrock shake. Rewind the podcast. Listen to the whole thing <laughs> while drinking a shamrock shake. Mm. It's gonna, can, it's gonna come to life. It is. <laughs> Listen to some bagpipes too. Maybe I don't know. All right. Well, thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm.